1: You know, a year ago, it could be said that all you had to do is turn on the television, open a newspaper, or click on the radio, and you would have a thorough understanding that the migrant situation was a real problem in this country. Oh, how those were the good old days, because now all you need to do is open your eyes in any city in America. And you see that there is really no plan, at least no plan that's in any danger of being implemented anytime soon, at least no plan that's in danger of being funded anytime soon, to deal with the migrant crisis the United States is facing. And unfortunately, we have yet another episode of Migrants Behaving Badly. Our go-to analyst on anybody behaving badly is veteran broadcast journalist and uh, my colleague at WABC Radio in New York, the one and only Dominic Carter. Hey, Dominic. And good morning to you, Frank. I started reading this article on uh, the NewYorkPost.com about this, and it comes with a link to the video, if people want to watch it, they can, about this uh, really savage beatdown that some migrants engaged in on some police officers in New York City. I had to stop uh, watching it, actually, because I found it so uh, disgusting and disturbing and unnerving. You have a a bit of a stronger stomach than me. Break this down for us. What's in this video?
2: So what you see and this could be coming to a city uh, near you in terms of you know the, let me just say this frank the, governor abbott of texas you know now they say never judge a person till you have to be in their shoes for right. a day so now we know what governor abbott has had to deal with in texas in this video it is vile disgusting despicable anything you can think of two police officers They're just on 42nd Street in New York City, busy area, telling the eight or nine migrant males, young males, that should be, frankly, be volunteering to help keep the city clean to pay their own way. And the officers are telling them to move on. And all of a sudden, uh, they move out of focus, and you see them come back into focus, and the officers fall to the ground trying to restrain one suspect. Whenever you see an officer fall to the ground, obviously they can lose their life. They, oh, can, yeah. they can hit their head on the ground just like anybody about. else. And we've seen that or, happen. Or they can have a heart attack, and, and we've seen that happen. So that was the good part when they fell to the ground. So now they're trying to restrain this guy that doesn't want to be restrained. And about maybe eight other migrants run up, and they're like trying to play soccer with the heads of the police officers. And in one of the shots, you see this guy, he's like running from Alabama all the way up and connects. And WWE style, even though this is real, Mm -hmm. and you see his foot come from Alabama and connect in the officer's face. The officer is trying to restrain the guy. And you just see the officer's head bounce up and down. So at the end of this, Frank, at at the end of this disgusting display, of no respect for being in someone else's country, the two police officers are left laying there on the ground. They were hit several times in the head by these uh, these young savages that, that were kicking them repeatedly. Now,
1: obviously, uh, nothing justifies this kind of behavior, not only towards another cop, but another person. But do we have any idea what preceded what was going on in this video?
2: I, I don't know. Uh, obviously, they felt... They were disrespected because you see the guy like beefing with the cop. Uh he has on a yellow top and he's like beefing is and you can tell it's like don't tell me what to do. There's no audio on the uh on the tape. And he's like, just get the cops are like, just get on. And something happened and they got into it. Frank, it is one of the most disgusting displays that I don't understand. I want you, I want somebody to explain this to me. Why is this being tolerated? Right. <laughs> Well, and then
1: what became of any arrests regarding people that were involved in this? They we were know all that? released. They were all released. Yes. They, they were arrested, and processed, yes. and they've already been released. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that is wild. But,
2: but I, maybe you can—I t- don't understand why we're dealing with this in America.
1: You got me. You got me. Show them the door. You know, it's— <laughs> Got me. And, you know, uh, let me just ask, because, you know, I'm pretty much where where you are on this in terms of both being confused and confounded and frustrated. But there are certain people that will watch this video. They'll listen to us talk about it. They'll uh, see the video on the uh, New York Post website and they'll think This is uh, a right-wing media outlet trying to take one isolated incident and showcase it to build up anti-immigrant sentiment in the United States. Is that what we're doing? Do you think the media is sensationalizing this to illustrate how problematic
2: this is? Here's my response to that. So, what about the migrant uh pickpockets that are out there the police trying to the pickpocket teams? What about the migrants that are are knocking on the doors of private homes in Brooklyn, scaring the hell out of people begging for money? What about the communities that that are that are you know, they're looking at possible prostitution uh, things are going downhill? I mean, see, nobody wants to call a spade a spade. You had to know what was going to happen with these migrants coming here. I mean, you know, oh, I mean, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to um, mock any one situation, but oh, but I guess I will. they they're, they're fleeing political persecution. They're victims. Oh, well, you Americans, you don't eat, and um, we're gonna take all your money, and you may lose your home to eviction, but we're gonna get paid. We're going to stay in the best hotels. We're going to get culturally appropriate food. Is that what you call it? Culturally (laughs) uh, appropriate food? You think you or I could get... culturally appropriate food?
1: I, I, uh, I'm struggling just to be able to steal food from the refrigerator, you're believe me. You're still on the stealing and, food b- By the way, the somebody, that, somebody ate that sushi from yesterday, so I don't know if, <laughs> if the person who brought it in ate it, or if it was thrown away before I got to eat so, it, because I checked today. So it you were
2: eyeing the sushi? Absolutely.
1: No, I said, look, if it's still in there by the time I get in tomorrow, I feel like it's fair game, but, but it was not. But wait, you're, you, you've
2: you got a heart of gold, just like Curtis Lewa, uh, who works uh, a WABC in New York radio, where you often bring in once a week right, pizza exactly. yeah, and exactly. stuff for the staff and so on. So, so you don't steal food. Look, it's on, it's on Fox News right I'm, now. I'm watching this. Yeah, uh, no, it. Yeah, no, it's crazy. I mean, it's disgusting. It,
1: no, it's it's absolutely outrageous.
2: And um, but, but answer this for me: Rikers is notorious for bad treatment in New York and and frankly throughout the country. Mm-hmm. Why are these savages not on Rikers Island right now?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, first of all. I, I, think it's an interesting situation at Rikers now that they've taken away the tool of punitive Did you see segregation. Did the guy with the blue?
2: He connected it, twice to the officer's uh, head.
1: No, I hope these people are uh, prosecuted harshly. I think it's uh, just uh, absolutely outrageous. Thank you for the great work that you've been doing on this. Thank and uh, And we'll keep monitoring this, see what happens at their next court date, their next asylum hearing date, whatever the oh, case may that's, be. that's
2: like 20 years Exactly, from now. exactly. You they know. can enjoy... But but just do me a favor, Frank. Yeah. No, no more stealing of the food well, out of the refrigerator. Just, as long as it's labeled <laughs> properly. I call it quality control. Thank
1: you, my friend. Uh, Dominic Carter, catch him uh, every weekday morning from midnight to 1 a.m. on 77 WABC. Also, one of the best regarded broadcast journalists in uh, in America and has been for literally decades. Somebody I'm proud to call a friend. Hey, if you want to comment on this, I will get to your calls at uh, 800-848-9222. You can check out the video for yourself. Yourself. It's a lead item at uh, NewYorkPost.com, 800-848-9222. But I want to follow up on an issue that we've been talking about in one form or another for the last three years, which, uh, the, which is the military. The military, which is the American military, which is more in need of demand, is more in need of people serving in it than ever, given what's going on in the world and what's poised to be going on in the world is having a little bit of a tough time meeting recruitment goals. So what are they doing? In the case of the Navy, you know, I remember when I went to school, they used to have commercials, and you remember the recruitment commercials, be all that you can be in the Army, right? You remember that? And the reason they would do those commercials was to get people to sign up for the Army. And I remember I must have been... In high school, maybe junior high school. And I said, Why are there never any commercials for the Navy? Why aren't there commercials saying something to the effect of be more than you can be in the Navy? Right. And I was told by Mr. Malvison, my history teacher at that time, that the Navy is not only meeting its recruitment goals, it's exceeding its recruitment goals. Those are clearly the good old days because now, If you don't have a diploma from high school or a GED... That is now no problem. The Navy said on Friday that it will allow those without a high school diploma to enlist as long as they score a 50 or higher on the armed forces qualification test that all prospects must take. This is the latest move uh, to boost recruitment in the face of an historic recruiting crisis that is reverberating across the armed uh, services. Now, we've talked about this before because they've already, Liberalized the requirements in terms of weight. You are now able to be a little heavier and join the military than you used to be. It used to be, if you were over a certain body mass index, you were done. They were considered too fat for the military, but they need, too many people are heavy, honestly, and they needed the troops. So they liberalized that. Now, those without a GED or GED credential are also going to be able to enlist. As long as they hit that test score threshold, I think this points to a broader problem with military recruitment and meeting military recruitment goals. You know what I think the problem is. I think uh, the problem among young people, the prime recruiting demographic for the military, is twofold. I think there is this feeling among young people that it's all about me. It's all about me. Not all young people, but many. It's all about me. It's all about what I could put out there on social media. It's all about how much money I can make. It's all about what great opportunity there is for me. It's all about how many followers I can get on social media. And I think, unfortunately, there's a huge problem among young people In buying into a greater sense of civic virtue, a greater sense of patriotism. And I get the sense that there's very little desire among the rank and file 18 to 30-year-old to devote yourself to something greater than yourself. You know, John F. Kennedy said, I believe it was in his inauguration, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. I guarantee you. No politician of either party would give that speech today because now there is a mentality among young people that not only do I want to know what my country can do for me, not what I can do for it, there's this expectation. And I don't know that this is unique to young people. I think there's this level of selfishness that may transcend the generations, but I think it's particularly prevalent among Generation Z's. And I think... No politician would ever give that Kennedy-esque speech because now not only do folks want to know what their country can do for you, but they expect their country to do for them. I think that's the first problem. The second problem is something I talk about literally every day. Young people and their families see what's going on, In military adventurism and potential military conflicts in Yemen, in Syria, in Afghanistan, in Iraq, in Jordan, in Niger, in Taiwan, potentially. The list goes on and on in Ukraine. And they say, that's not my war. I don't want to risk my life so that I can beat the Houthis and help this other faction in Yemen gain control of their government. I don't want to risk my life uh, beating uh, the Alawites in Syria so that the uh, free Syrian army can be in control of Syria. I don't want to risk my life in Libya so that one uh, militia faction can gain control of the government instead of the other. I think there's a sense, and I think they're right on the money in this one, that American presidents are too willing to commit servicemen and troops to conflicts that have nothing to do with protecting America. You know, whenever, whenever a serviceman dies, and especially on Veterans Day or Memorial Day, we always hear about the people that died defending our freedom. Can you really say that a service member that died in Iraq or Syria died defending our freedom? Which freedom of ours was being threatened in Iraq when we chose to invade? Which freedom of ours was being threatened in Syria when we chose to have a covert CIA war there? I would submit to you there were no American freedoms at stake. So I think that's kind of what I see. As the problem with why people aren't interested in joining the military these days. I'm curious what you think the issue is. 800 848 92 Captain Tim Kinsella is a former command officer at uh, Pensacola, and he said there's another factor which I have not considered, which may be playing a role when it comes to recruitment.
0: When the economy is doing well, then recruitment across all the services is very, very difficult because the military. Um, We we compete with all the civilian companies out there. So uh, when the jobs are available and when the pay is better, then we're going to go. So he's
1: saying the problem is the economy is doing too well. And that's what's uh, leading to the recruitment issues. First of all, I think it's a shame that. the military is relying upon a poor economy to swoop 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 in and try to recruit people that may not have other financial options. You ideally want people joining the military out of a sense of patriotism and out of a sense that they want to make a difference for their country and the world but the, uh, the I, and i 'm also curious what you think not only in terms of what the recruitment par- problems are but i 'm curious what you think about will the doing away with the diploma requirement, the high school diploma or the GED requirement, will that lead to a worse sailor? Will that lead to a dumber sailor? Will that lead to someone that is not able to function as well as the people that have always been in the Navy? I'm not a big everybody-should-go-to-college kind of guy. I think, you know, I went to college uh, and and graduate school, uh, but some of the smartest people I know never graduated from college. And look, a lot of your favorite media commentators never graduated from college either. I don't think there's anything wrong with not going to college or not uh, finishing college and pursuing a different path, right? I think high school or a GED equivalent is a little bit of a different thing. I think you should be able to get a diploma or a GED before we trust you In such a pivotal role. Now, I am not familiar. I've never served in the military. So maybe a lot of you are better equipped to answer this question than I am. I I am not familiar with this armed forces qualification test. So I don't know if a score of 50 or higher on that test is going to sufficiently weed out anybody that might be maybe not up to snuff, maybe not up to par intellectually on, um, you know, in terms of serving in the Navy, but I am concerned about it. I'm curious what you think, one, about what the root cause of the military recruitment goals are, and two, if you're concerned about the Navy getting dumber because you no longer need a GED or a diploma. 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. Robert is in Philadelphia. Give me your view, Robert.
0: Hi, Frank. It's good to talk to you. Um, First, I don't think you ever needed a high school diploma to get into the Army. At least you didn't when I went in. Um, When I went out, I was 17, and I wanted to go into the Air Force. But even though I was an emancipated minor, I didn't have a high school diploma, so they wouldn't even give me that test. So I went to the Army and took the test and really crushed it and took those scores back to the Air Force, who then took me under the condition that I get my GED at my first permanent duty station. Interesting. So when I went in, the score to get into the Navy that you had to get was a 58. Uh, so they dropped that down to 50, and that is not a good thing. But if you have a guy who's going in who doesn't have a diploma, but he wants to learn mechanics and work on Jeeps, That's not necessarily a bad thing. So they differentiate that when you go in. They assign you to fields. So if you score higher, they're naturally going to assign you to a technical field. And if not, they'll give you the options of security. Um, maintenance, um, supply. You know what I'm saying?
1: You know, it's interesting. Um, I'm just looking up the current Army recruitment requirements now and the Army enlistment requirements. First of all, that's a very thorough explanation, Robert. I appreciate that. And thanks for your service, certainly. But what I'm seeing, and I didn't know this, and I wouldn't have thought to look it up but for your call, The Army announced in June of 2022 that they were no longer going to require a high school diploma or GED to enlist. However, Hmm. there was such a backlash, a public backlash to this, that in July, less than a month later, they decided to reinstate the high school diploma or GED requirement after all. So as of now, you do need a diploma wow. or a GED to join the uh, the the army. Hey, let me ask you Robert based on what you said. You mentioned that when you when you joined you needed a 58 on the test that I just referenced and now all you need right. is a 50. Right. Is that going to produce a in for lack of a better uh, term, a less able sailor? Is that going to be a problem? That, are we going to have dumber people in the navy because of that?
0: Um well, that would be a logical conclusion. Um, But I think there's some counterintuitive things at play here in that much like America is turning to tech schools because of the trades, I think the military might key on that in the same way. And again, um, assign people according to what their background, what their scores are, you know, I. I can't imagine that they're going to just blindly put a guy who barely got in with a 50 in charge of a nuclear sub payload. You know what I'm saying?
1: (laughs) I would hope so, Robert. Robert, great call.
0: Great night. Thank Thank you. you. Very
1: informative. Uh, 800-848-9222 if you want to comment. Uh, Again, the Navy now says you don't need a diploma or a GED to enlist. I view this as problematic on two two fronts. One— I think this is yet another canary in the coal mine alerting us, you know, hello, hello, red alert, red alert. There's a big problem with meeting our recruitment goals for the military. And two, I am concerned that this is going to lead to a less capable sailor being in the military. Tell me what you think. Two open lines if you want to comment. 800-848-9222. That's 800 800-848-92- 848 to uh, This policy change, according to an article on NavyTimes.com, is another pathway of opportunity for previously excluded individuals to serve and could result in 500 to 2,000 extra sailors signing up each year. So maybe that's what the Navy is saying. That's the, you know, that's the kind of the PR spin from the Navy. Maybe I'm looking at it all wrong. Maybe I should be happy That this is broadening an opportunity for people that heretofore never had the opportunity to serve in the Navy. So uh, they've adjusted the maximum enlistment age from 39 to 41. And they've raised the maximum enlistment bonus to $50,000. They're now also offering a $75,000 maximum enlistment bonus for those entering the nuclear field. Under a policy announced in June, or as George W. Bush would call it, the nuclear field. All right. Uh, The Navy announced in October that it fell short of the 37,700 target number for last year, bringing in 30,236 new active duty sailors. So there's short almost 7,000 servicemen, 7,000 sailors. I don't think it's a good situation at all. We'll continue with your calls in a moment. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead.
0: The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. It's The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Marano. Frank Marano.
3: I am the, the, the village
1: people! 32 Kins-a-day-be. minutes Kins-a-day-be. after the hour, Kins-a-day-be. a great choice, Tony. Well done. Well done indeed. I'm Frank Morano. This is the other side of midnight. Uh, talking a little bit about these new naval requirements, and uh, we are, we are. I'm concerned about it. I don't want to speak for anybody else but me, and uh, I think it's really interesting. Now we're going to get to your calls in a moment. Those of you that are holding: Rocco, Andrea, Lisa, Olina, Rick, and more. But I am. I'm someone that ha- I love coffee, but uh, for a variety of reasons. I have gone from drinking three, four, five, six cups of coffee a day to now I do one to two cups a week. Uh, I usually do one on Saturday, one on Sunday. Uh, sometimes, you know, it. sometimes I'll do no cups the week. And, you know, I don't want to get into my whole situation, but basically I found that, you know, keeping these hours – I was becoming caffeine-dependent, and then it was very difficult for me to uh, just go home and go to sleep because I'd be so hopped up on all the caffeine from all this coffee that I'd been drinking. So even though I love everything about it, I love the smell, I love – you know, Dominic Carter had a cup of coffee before, and I was getting kind of a contact high – by just enjoying the aroma of, um, of what he was doing. And I love the way that first cup of coffee feels when you drink it in the morning. It's like a drug. It is a drug. I mean, caffeine is a drug. Additionally, the, um, the social aspect of coffee, there's nothing like it. You know, there's a reason Jerry Seinfeld does that show, Comedians in Cars Drinking Coffee, Because if they were to have done a show, you know, talk show hosts in taxis, uh, you know, taking hits of ecstasy, it would not have worked. Because there's just something very rich about the whole coffee cultural experience. And I also found that, in addition to just having it keep me up at night, that I was having a problem with heartburn. And uh, so basically I cut out everything that that was a candidate for heartburn. Fried food red sauce, uh, bourbon, really almost every type of alcohol, citrus I mean there's so many different things that they add that say, they say add to your risk risk of acid reflux and gradually I've added all of them back except coffee and because even now I find when I have some red sauce or a glass of bourbon for instance, you know, the next day, I'm a little bit more sensitive to that Harper. Not like I was experiencing it a year or so ago. And then other people like Carol Alt or Dr. Douglas Howard from Bub- uh, uh, Balance of Nature, they all had different reasons for kind of steering me away from coffee. And they all seem to know what they're talking about. So I have gone from being a rabid coffee enthusiast to being a tea enthusiast. I always kind of liked tea. I would drink it. Now, I drink a cup of tea all show long. We have this non-caffeinated peppermint tea that I drink all show long. I go home, I have a cup of maybe sleepy time tea, especially if I can't sleep. But even if it's not the sleepy time tea, I'll do uh, like a throat coat tea, which they say is good for your vocal cords. Uh, If I run out of this throat coat tea, I have all sorts of other teas. All non-caffeinated herbal teas that I enjoy. So I'm into the whole tea culture as well. Not as much as I enjoyed the coffee culture, honestly. And I saw this article. And it caused it, It gave me quite a giggle. There's an American scientist by the name of Michelle Frankel who wrote a book on the molecular science of tea making, and it has now sparked outrage in the United Kingdom after suggesting, are you ready for this? Turn up the volume because you may not believe this. After suggesting that a pinch of salt can balance tea's bitterness, and there has now been such incredible online vitriol to this woman and it's become so great that the u.s embassy in britain has had to weigh in stating quote we want to ensure the good people of the uk that the unthinkable notion of adding salt to britain's national drink is not official united states policy i have never tried this you know i try not to have salt at all because Salt is really not good for you. It leads to, you know, high blood pressure and anything. And I find it almost masks the taste of whatever it is you're trying to consume. Um, the, the one exception to that is I do like truffle salt. You know, it was Margot Katsimatidis that turned me on to this. Obviously, Margot's got a long history in the grocery business So she know, and with hosting parties. So she knows a thing or two about, uh, about food and culinary delights and everything. And she said, because I mentioned that I like truffle. But a lot of times, you know, I can't afford the truffle that when you go to a restaurant or truffle oil. Sometimes you don't want oil on it. And so what Margot suggested, and it was a brilliant suggestion, she said when you want a little taste of truffle, get some of this truffle salt and then just add a dash of it. And I have to tell you, it has worked wonders. But I still try not to have salt because it's not good for you. So I have never tried this. But I am very curious to try this now. A dash of salt in a cup of tea. Michelle Frankel uh, talks a little bit about this. Apparently she wrote a whole book about this, and this is just one page, but this has become the absolute most controversial aspect of it. It's like a
4: page out of the 240 pages, but that putting a tiny bit of salt, like a really tiny, not enough to taste, amount of salt in your tea can make it less bitter.
1: There you have it. Drink at your own risk. Tell me what you think. 800-848-9222. You're welcome to comment on anything we've talked about thus far. No guests today. So it's just you and me, an opportunity for us to get to know one another, to chat with one another, and to cover a lot of ground. Let me say hello to Rick in Minnesota. Rick, how are you doing? Thank you so much for, uh, for calling our program.
5: Doing well, thank you. I'm an Army veteran, I'm calling regarding the Navy uh, recruiting requirement stuff you were talking about earlier. In a way it concerns me, but on the other hand, having been in the military, instruction there is is definitely very step-by-step and to be able to get promoted to the ranks to where you're handling more technical, having more technical skills or needing more technical, technical skills, you'll get the training and the experience to be able to get there. And I have seen some people with the Army scores, their ASVAB tests different, but with low ASVAB scores um, that just needed more time and more hands-on and more training. But I have also experienced people that should no way be doing what they're doing. (laughs) So it's a double-edged sword, but there's also other recruitment issues um, as far as, you know especially people of color having some kind of legal gotten in trouble with the law, and even if they've haven't even been convicted of a crime but have been arrested for something, that can be a red flag if their family has participated in therapy of some sort well, but that that, that Rick, have to get an exclusion from that but that I mean, doesn't have and, of,
1: that doesn't have anything to do with the doing away of the diploma requirements, right? right. right. Correct. Yeah. So uh, it but sounds just
5: a lot of. What I'm saying is, there's a lot of road bumps and hurdles that people have to get into that to be able to for them to get more enlistees. Gotcha. Gotcha. So it sounds like you should,
1: uh, people like me, laymen, shouldn't be concerned that all of a sudden the Navy is going to uh, be taken over by incompetence. But uh, the earlier point that I raised about meeting recruitment goals, that is problematic.
5: Yeah. I mean, well, it can still be problematic with them lowering their standards. Yet, on the other hand, You know, so much of it depends on the positions they're put into, how much training and oversight they have as they come up through the ranks. And generally, that's pretty good. But I have seen a few people promoted to where they, you know, the the same in the civilian world, where you get promoted to your level of incompetence.
1: Right. The Peter principle, right? Yes. Um, I
5: haven't seen it as much in the military as I have in civilian life.
1: All right. Well, hey, Rick, thank you. Give our best to everybody mm-hmm. there in the uh, the gopher state, okay?
5: Oh, yeah. You get,
1: Take care. Interesting show. Thank, thank you. Thank Spread you. the word. Spread the word for us yeah. out there. All right. 800-848-9222. That's uh, 800-848-9222. Hey, speaking of uh, food and drink, there is a fight brewing in the dairy world, which I will uh, bring to your attention in the moment in the moment. And it does involve an iconic American brand, Dunkin' Donuts. I'm not a chain restaurant guy, but look, there are a lot of people listening to us all over the place that have um, no choice but to patronize chain restaurants, right? So I sit in my elitist ivory tower, only patronizing local coffee shops. Some people don't have a choice. Well, the lactose intolerant, unwilling to pay for oat milk, and unable to stomach the idea of going somewhere else, I'm not joking about this, this is true, are suing Duncan for discrimination. The chain, I think they just call it Duncan now, I don't even think they call it Dunkin' Donuts, right? But the chain is facing a $5 million lawsuit from 10 customers who claim its surcharge on non-dairy milk alternatives discriminates against people with lactose intolerance and violates the Americans with Disabilities Act. Now, I'm trying not to be dismissive, but to me this sounds crazy. You're essentially saying that a private business making a special accommodation for you and still being willing to serve whatever kind of milk preference you want, Uh, oat milk, soy milk, I I don't know what the other choices are at uh, Dunkin' Donuts. To me, this sounds so far-fetched, but do they have a point? Because, look, lactose intolerance does affect 36% of Americans. And predominantly, I didn't know this, honestly, People of color. Did not know that. Tony, I couldn't help but notice you're a person of color. Uh, are you intolerant of lactose?
5: No, I'm, I'm fine.
1: You're fine? You accept lactose? Yeah. Treat it as an equal? Yeah,
5: yeah.
1: Uh, Elias, where are you on lactose? Love it. Love, love it. So you my milk. All right, so what about this? I, I don't think there's anything wrong with Dunkin' Donuts or any other business charging a couple of cents more for... If someone wants almond milk or oat milk in their Dunkin' Donuts drink, I mean, uh, to me, if you don't want to pay the price, just go to another coffee shop. I mean, to me, to sue for $5 million, it to me, is the definition of completely frivolous. It's petty. So you agree with me? Yeah, it's petty. Uh, Elias... I don't know a coffee shop that doesn't charge
2: extra for the alternative milks, you know?
1: So uh, that's a good point. I mean, I don't know what every coffee shop does, but this lawsuit was filed on uh, December 26th, and the complainant compl- claims that customers seeking these non-dairy alternatives, like soy milk or almond milk or oat oat milk in their Dunkin' drinks, they may pay as much as $2.15 extra. Look, that does sound like a lot, but you know what I would do? I would go somewhere else. or You know, you get a little container of almond milk that you bring with you and you put it in your coffee. It's so essential that you have to go to Dunkin' Donuts to get your almond milk, uh, whatever they make there. Am I missing something? Because I'm a guy that tries to see all sides. I don't see any side here. To me, this is yet another exhibit in that we have this group of people in society that's waiting to pounce on anything that they can sue over, and you have all these class action attorneys that seem only too willing to aid them in the hopes that they'll get a generous settlement and that the lawyers get a third. So Duncan has until March 4th to respond to the complaint, but um, to me, I can see this being tossed out before it even gets to... You know, any further. I think it'll be tossed out on summary judgment. 800 848 Lisa is in Connecticut. Hi there, Lisa.
4: Wow, this is a lot. <laughs> okay, so I'm really happy that you're drinking tea. Thank you. And that's a really good move. Um, and tea time with uh, SNL was always, I mean, coffee talk with SNL was always, like, my favorite thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was when SNL was but, still um, funny. Do you, do you? You don't still watch SNL, do you, or but, do you?
4: I do in dribs and drabs.
1: Yeah, I, you know, that was with Mike Myers, Coffee Talk, right? Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, I love that. that was,
1: he's great. He's one of my but favorites.
4: I, I do catch an episode here and there. It just depends on my work schedule, you know? And the cops always, you know, he records things on the DVR, so he sometimes watches things, but I don't know. Sometimes it's too leftist
1: for me. Yeah, well, see, I don't mind leftist or rightist as long as it's entertaining. But when I've tried to watch SNL over the years, I haven't found it funny. Right. I, I don't mind being indoctrinated or brainwashed or having somebody beat me over the head with their political agenda as long as it's funny. But to me, I haven't found the sketches funny. Mm, there's a couple here. and there. All right, well, good. I I you, you it mind. sounds like you're more up to date uh, with it than, uh, than me. But, um, but but I'm sure I you have... didn't call in to talk about Saturday Night Live, So, what's on your mind?
4: I, I wanted to talk about this whole thing with the NYPD. It's, I have a lot of police friends that work on the force, and I'm really like, this is like a troubling matter. So, okay, so we have this situation where we have migrants and everything, they're getting attacked. And it, it, uh, oh, oh, so let, let me just break out my notepad so I can just document every single step that I'm doing and everything. Like, what is going on with this?
1: Yeah, Lisa. I, think I, I mean, as I said in one of my local commentaries,
4: I really feel for. I really feel for the NYPD, and you know, it's just going to make their job even that Yeah, harder. I mean look,
1: yeah. it's thanks for the call Lisa and best of luck with everything you're you're dealing with. I think it's to your point. It's so difficult as it is to be a cop. Why throw up one more hurdle to the job of being a police officer? Hey, I got an SMS text message here from Brandon, former listener of the week Brandon, who writes and you could text me as well 8168morano. That's 8168M O R A N O. He writes, "I have a friend I've never heard of this, who puts a dash of salt in her coffee to offset the bitterness. She swears by it. I've tried it. It does work. I'm blown away by this. There are all these salt in their uh, their coffee and tea drinkers out there. It's a secret cult. I had no idea all you people were out there. You know, it used to be if you wanted to pull a prank on someone, you'd switch the salt and put it in the sugar container. Now it looks like you're doing them a favor. 800 848 9222. We'll continue with your call
2: straight ahead.
5: The Other Side of
0: Midnight. side at midnight with Frank Marano.
1: Until the top of the hour, this is The Other Side of Midnight. This is Justin Timberlake celebrating his birthday today. He is 43 years old and um, is a little bit uh, under attack these days by the Britney Spears fans. Now, thankfully... The Britney Spears fans do not have as much juice as the Taylor Swift fans do these days, and the Taylor Swift fans are now central to every variety of conspiracy theory there is. Which maybe we'll, this time we'll talk about that. But um, it, Justin Timberlake was uh, did not portrayed well in the Britney Spears book, and her fans have let him have it. So. Um, Anyway, I think they're in the process of making peace now. But uh, I think he was actually on Saturday Night Live last week. I didn't know that. I would have watched maybe a little bit of him instead of uh, Taken 2, which I watched instead. Which, again, not seeing any of Saturday Night Live. Choosing Taken 2 over just about anything eh, could have been a mistake. Could have been a mistake. You know, it's funny. I I read it. I don't want to get into the details of, of this, but I read an interesting article a couple of days ago, and I reached out to the guy that's the central part of this article. And he, he's an attorney, and he has a website, and you have to fill in your phone number, your email address, and you send him a note. And so I do that. The guy calls me back yesterday, within a couple of hours. And I invited him to come on right at this time, right around, you know, late at night, 1.30 Eastern, and he says to me all right you know uh, i appreciate your note it's very nice thanks for your interest in the story i've done a lot of late night radio so i'm thinking all right great the guy's going to come on he says you know but i just i can't do 1:30 i've got to be up early fine i get it i know what it's like the i don't you know the world doesn't adjust to my schedule i said um, all right maybe we'll try another time great great do you ever pre-record i said well I try not to. Um, would you? Would you want to do something? Maybe one night around 11 p.m. Maybe we will do it tomorrow night. We'll tape around 11, 11:30 or so. And I said, "Could you do that?" He says, "No, I can't do that." He said, "What time zone are you in?" I said, "Eastern." And he said, "Oh, great, I am too. Why don't we just tape something during the day?" And I'm thinking to myself. You know, and again, this was a nice guy, so I'm not trying to give him a hard time. But I'm thinking to myself, if that was really a viable option for me, don't you think that I would have just offered that first? I mean, I do have to sleep at some point. I'm, I'm not just staying awake during the day just to cater whenever's convenient to your availability. Now, again, and then someone else that I work with calls me yesterday. At 9.30 in the morning. 9.30 in the morning. Now, my phone was on do not disturb. But I, I woke up around 1.30 in the afternoon, and I see that I had a missed call at 9.30 in the morning. And I said, how does this person have any reasonable expectation that I'm going to be awake at 9.30 in the morning? You know, so what I did, I didn't call this person back. Didn't call him back. I said, if this person is so ignorant of my schedule during the day, I'm not calling him back. Tough. Tough. All 848 800-848-9222, Joaquin is in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Hi, Joaquin.
3: Hey, Frank, buddy. All right. First thing I want to say is this. I have a niece who was on the cover of Military Police Magazine, okay? Oh. She was actually on some billboards for Army recruiting. Now, I myself, back in the 70s, in the junior year of high school, I was 16 years old. I took the ASVAB test myself, and much to my father's delight, I scored I, – I I aced it. I was as damn near close to 100% as you could get. Great. And and at that time, it didn't matter what branch you were going to sign up for. You know, they, uh, they all had it, and everyone wanted me, and I settled for uh, – I wanted adventure, so I settled for Marine Corps Infantry. But wow. I never made it there because I got shot deer hunting. But anyway uh, – because this is your first was, time hearing Joaquin. Online, all I, of I his stories involve some sort of tragedy. The host is an Iraq War veteran, okay, uh, Marine Corps. And he has many of his listeners and friends that have been previous, you know, that had served and have a long history of family service. And under this administration, they absolutely positively will tell their kids not to go in. And I told my niece, my not that, that not that, I mean, my granddaughter, I told my granddaughter who was thinking about going to the Navy. Do not go in, because this administration right now, it's an administration of death and everything that they're doing, the foreign policy. Back in my day, we were all patriots. My buddies, we all went down and signed up. You know, my best friend went in the Navy, went in a submarine, you know, and and, uh, I can't say enough. I absolutely positively and there are many people who are veterans, who love this country, who are patriots and see where it is going and what the Biden administration has done to it. And there's no way in hell. I mean, they just gave the Iranians, you know, with all that military equipment they left behind in Bagram, which they should have kept Bagram, which was what Donald Trump was going to do. They got a drone. And that drone allegedly seems to have died. All right, Joaquin,
1: out of time. It's only a four-hour show, and I think you're conflating the Taliban in Afghanistan with the Iranians. And while you may view both as bad guys, and they're both uh, Islamic fundamentalists, a world of difference, a world of difference between the Sunni Taliban and the uh, Shiite uh, Islamic fundamentalists in Iran. Until next hour, help control the pet population. Get your dog or cat spayed spayed or neutered.